the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Beeperman, Bishop Pickering to the first tee. No? Is there anything better than Caddyshack? Is there anything worse than Caddyshack 2? I'm told that is not the foursome. That'll go off at 6.50 on Thursday. Instead, it will be Robbie Shelton, Austin Smotherman, and Minwoo Lee. 6.50 a.m. Beat the traffic, ladies and gentlemen. Get up. Get there early. Kevin Streelman, Denny McCarthy, Matthew Neesmith, 11 minutes later. Of course, the playoff one in 10, 144 golfers trying to win the 2023 Players Championship. Great to have you with us. We do it late night on Tuesday. We do. It's kind of a law, or at least we like to think it is, kind of a rule that, uh, hey, listen, too much blue in business hours is not good for anyone. So let's push it back on Tuesday night, 8 to 10, alongside the incomparable J.J. Lasava. What a day. I mean, between golf, Jay Monahan, the NFL, collusion. They're actually talking collusion in the game we all love. When it comes to Lamar Jackson, I mean, the audacity, the guts of Baltimore to slap a non-exclusive franchise tag on the quarterback. You'll have to settle for $32 million. Uh, nearly $32.5 million. I think the official number is 32.41. And again, other teams have the right to negotiate a trade and a long-term contract. Uh, not necessarily a trade, but a long-term contract. Obviously, you'd have to work out the trade with the Baltimore Ravens. But it's been a really weird day where teams are announcing they're not interested in Lamar Jackson. And it, you know, outside of maybe like Colin Kaepernick or when Dave Caldwell was hired here during his original press conference, in a lot of minds, he got off on the wrong start when he let it be known to everyone that he was not considering Tim Tebow. Were you here then at that particular point when no, he was asked that, that was, question? that was a few years before me. That was huge. I mean... That was a big deal because, you know, Tebow's godlike and um, they just assume that if he, you know, he he did what he did down the road in Gainesville, he'd be able to do that again at the next level. And, of course, that was the first ever draft and it was Tyson Alu Alu who was selected in the first round. But, you know, I remember asking Jack Del Rio years ago about Randy Moss and he's like, I can't talk about Randy Moss. He's principal and. You know, he's part of the Minnesota Vikings at this particular time. I'm not going to talk about someone who was under contract with another team. Yet today we get it out of Atlanta. I mean, how about that? A reporter in Atlanta says the Falcons are interested in Lamar Jackson. The Atlanta Falcons, their official team website on Twitter, and I guess everywhere else, Instagram or TikTok or whatever it may be, they come out and say, no, we're not. I mean, they responded. They're like, no, we're not interested in Lamar Jackson. There were rumors yesterday that Miami and Tom Brady 
could meet. And I still, for the record, think that's on, even though Brady responded today and came out and said he just recently adopted a, a, a two-month-old kitten uh, that he bought for his daughter, which is a great deal. I mean, dads, that's what you do. You buy kittens for your daughters. What was it, six years ago? I, I got two adopted cats. My, cat, uh, my daughters named them Crookshanks and Luna, okay? Daughters are out of the house. Cats didn't leave. Cats didn't go with them. They, they still, you know, they stuck and stayed. So, anyway, um, whether it's Miami, they announced, uh-uh, not interested in Lamar Jackson. We're starting to hear uh, as well about some other teams, including Carolina. You know, I saw it somewhere today. I don't remember who actually penned it, but it is a very interesting conversation. If If you were to rank Lamar Jackson in the AFC. What is he? Fifth, sixth, seventh best quarterback? If you put him in the NFC, where I read it earlier today, the point that this particular individual was making, he would be the best overall quarterback in the NFC. And, you know, Jalen Hurts, I'm, that's an argument. Uh, that's probably a six-pack conversation. And, and again, Lamar's only 26. Jalen's, what, 23, uh, 24. Uh, Dak Prescott is a guy that I think you either really love him or you're not in love at all with him. There's really no in-between there with, uh, with Dak Prescott. But with Derek Carr going to New Orleans and, you know, what's going on in Tampa, what's going on in Atlanta, what's going on in Carolina – you had four quarterbacks this year in San Francisco. You just gave $52 million yesterday to Geno Smith. All right, Matt Stafford, can he respond after an injury? Kyla Murray seems to be one of those guys who's all of a sudden got a bad rap uh, and a bad rep and is almost like the NBA's version of a, of a coach killer. You know, is Jordan Love going to be the guy? Is Justin Fields going to be the guy? How much longer does Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff respectively, you know, hold on uh, to those jobs? Then you get to Daniel Jones in New York, which we'll spend a minute on coming up in just a little bit. But that is a point that is certainly one that you can really discuss. If Lamar Jackson ended up in the NFC and if Aaron Rodgers has moved out of the NFC, he is arguably the best quarterback in that conference. Again, I'd put Jalen Hurts above him. Just because Jalen Hurts has improved so much as a passing quarterback, particularly over this past season. All right, also today in the NFL, $82 million at signing for Daniel Jones. $82 million. I had to look at his numbers again because it seems like talking about the best quarterbacks in the league is something that we all do because it is such a quarterback-driven uh, scenario throughout the NFL and with you know Trevor Lawrence and what he's doing and what he's gonna do Trevor today I saw it all over the place he was at the players taking in this practice round and uh, just being adored uh, by the local fans uh, as you would expect you look at Daniel Jones man 16 starts okay completed 57.2 uh, percent of his passes that's pretty good 3,205 yards, an average of 6'8". This man threw 15 touchdowns, had five picks, and had a quarterback rating of 92.5 and signed a four-year, $160 million deal. 
to lead the New York Giants at least for the next two years. I'd have to look at the backside of the contract, but New York is all of a sudden out of a quarterback scenario. And you can't spend the amount of money that they did and then all of a sudden turn around and think that you're going to begin that rebuilding process. So they're going to live and die now with the QB. And and obviously, you know, Brian Dayball, they love him. They love what they did everywhere, no matter where he's been. All right, he was with Belichick. He was with Saban. He obviously did a great job with Josh Allen in Buffalo. You know, year one, right next to Doug Peterson, out of the 10 new coaches who took over in 2022, I think if you were to rank – Uh, those 10 new coaches, it would be Brian Dayball and Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson and Brian Dayball, depending on what order, um, as to, you know, who in fact had their best year uh, as a coach. But again, another incredible investment made today by the New York Giants. And and that's what's scary about all this. Whether it was Geno yesterday, whether it was Derek Carr yesterday, whether it's Daniel Jones today. As far as I'm concerned, this is what it comes down to. Are the Giants ever going to a Super Bowl with Daniel Jones? Are the Saints going to a Super Bowl with Derek Carr? Are the Seahawks going to a Super Bowl with Geno Smith? As far as I'm concerned, that's no, no, and no. While we're at it, is Baltimore going to a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson? I mean, there's only, what, five starting quarterbacks? In the NFL, is it four or five? Actually, it's four. I know we talked about it right before the Super Bowl. With apologies to Nick Foles and Joe Flacco, you have Mahomes with two. You have uh, Stafford with one, Russell Wilson with one, and who am I forgetting? Who is the other quarterback who has won? Rodgers. Um, Aaron Rodgers. That's it. That's it. You have four starting quarterbacks out of 32 teams with a QB who's won it all. I mean, over the last two or three years, decimated. Both Mannings, Breeze, okay, he got one. Both Mannings, but what, two apiece. Roethlisberger, two. Brady, seven. (laughs) I mean, you only have one starting quarterback who wins the Super Bowl a year. We know that. This league, all the money that's being spent, and combined, you only have four starting quarterbacks with Super Bowl ranks. Any one of these moves, to me, does not scream a Super Bowl. And you know what? To me, that includes this draft class. We just got through with the combine. McShay with a mock draft out. I'm going to talk about that coming up on the other side. But whether it's the local kid in Richardson, you know, whether it's Young, or it's Stroud, or it's Levis. Do any one of those four right now, do they scream Super Bowl to you? Uh, To me, they don't. Doesn't mean it can't happen. I mean, I look around, and some guys have played better than I thought they would. Josh Allen's better than I thought he would. Jalen Hurts is better than I thought he would. Hell, Joe Burrow is better than I thought he would. I I knew they were all good, but those quarterbacks are – entering the category of great. And with the four QBs who have a ring, when you start talking about who is the fifth quarterback going to be, those three names are on it. Hertz, Burrow, 
and uh, who did I? And Allen, and absolutely Allen. Now there's others that are on it, okay, including hopefully Trevor Lawrence. But there's no doubt that those three are. All right, the franchise tag has come and gone as well. That was officially uh, in play at four o'clock on this Tuesday. Of course, the announcement did come in a day ago. Jaguar fans aware of the fact that Evan Ingram is now under the franchise tag. He'll be paid $11,345,000. And the Jaguars now do have until July to try to get a long-term deal done. If not, then, you know, he's going to play for a season. And we'll see what happens after the fact. Uh, As we discussed last night and, you know, always around here on a Tuesday, we do give you the opportunity to absolutely voice your opinion. I like what the Jaguars have done throughout the case or throughout, you know, the early process of the offseason as we're still, what, a week and a day away from the start of the NFL year, which will be March 15th. So that'll be next Wednesday. And, you know, obviously you have to have everything set in stone where you're underneath the salary cap. Uh, right now, Jacksonville is about $5 million above it. Um, we know that they are going to release Shaq Griffin, so they're going to recoup a ton of money there. Uh, but what's next for the Jaguars? And it certainly does look as though the career is over for right tackle Juwan Taylor. So if you want to talk about that, you can. 641-1010 on the text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Also, when we come back, we'll get into McShay and – If you have not heard who he has selected post-combine, I love it. I'm looking forward to getting your opinion on that. Also coming up tonight, let's hear from Jay Monahan, all right, the commissioner of the PGA Tour. I thought it was a good day for Jay. It wasn't a great day, okay? There were some – I will say this. He was prepared. Roger Goodell wasn't prepared. Remember Roger Goodell was asked about the lack of black journalists and the NFL.com building or the NFL Network building, and it was the same question that Jim Trotter asked a year ago. Roger Goodell was like a deer in headlights. He had no idea how to answer that question. I remember two years ago in Charlotte when Jim Phillips was introduced as a new commissioner of the Atlantic Coast Conference. He had no idea what was coming. It was the most basic question of all. It was about COVID. It was right after Greg Sankey told us everything that the SEC was going to do as far as suspension or cancellation or whatever the process would be there with COVID. Jim Phillips like, what? Well, I don't know. We're going to, you know, we're going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to sit down. with. He didn't know. He wasn't prepared. Roger Goodell wasn't prepared last week. All right. Um. Gary Bettman, I think, was prepared a couple of weeks ago when, when I started interviewing. I, I thought Jay Monahan was prepared today. I thought he was briefed and prepared. But there still leaves a, a, a lot there to be desired. Uh, the PGA Tour should be ashamed right now. They let this sneak right up on them. And I think there was a tremendous amount of arrogance by the PGA Tour. Also, a tremendous amount of ignorance by the PGA Tour to allow this to happen. So there's some backpedaling now. They're completely copying what the Live Tour has done. So I want to share some of those comments, but you know, what's it going to be like for you these next 4 days? All right? Maybe you go out there tomorrow, but when this all starts on Thursday, does it matter to you that Bryson DeChambeau is not here? I remember 2 years ago just how incredible 
That was the year that Thomas came from behind and won it. But that final grouping, because I followed him on Sunday, I went hole to hole to hole with Lee Westwood and Bryson DeChambeau. They're not here. Do you care? DJ's not here. Do you care? Brooks Kepka is not here. Do you care? Phil Mickelson is not here. Do you care? Last year is winter. Cameron Smith, who lives here, says he may visit, uh, is not going to be playing. Do you care? Guys like Patty Reed, most hate. I like. I like Patrick Reed. I do. I mean, if you're picking guys to throw in your bunker, although Patty's the guy that may stick like something in your back when you're not looking, there's a chance that could happen. You, you, you're going to have to, you know, weigh that. But still, I, I'm a Patrick Reed guy. Not many are. Uh, he's not here. So how big of a deal? Sergio? Sergio has always played this golf course well. Remember the year him and Tiger were kind of going back and forth, the banter, because Tiger shot when Sergio was supposed to uh, hit next, and Sergio's really been the only guy that I can think of on tour who ever gave Tiger Woods any lip. Um, there's been some friendly banter with Phil, but Tiger abused Phil. I mean, Phil went to school the same way every day, and Tiger was there, stopped him, beat him up, took his lunch money, and Phil turned around and went home. Now, hey, listen, Phil won six majors. Phil won here. Um, I don't dislike Phil. I, I think this tournament would be better with him, even at the age of 50. Well, these players aren't here. So the star power, quick, I'll just grab a, I'll grab a threesome. Russell Henley, Mackenzie Hughes, Brian Harmon. Three really good golfers. That do anything for you? I mean, what are the what are the groupies and sundresses going to do during that threesome? How about Luke List? All right, JJ Spawn, Chad Ramey. I, I don't know. You tell me. Trey Mull, uh, Trey Mullenix, Cam Davis, Tyler Duncan, Kevin Kisner, Nick Taylor. Uh, Nick Taylor, Corey Connors, playing really good golf. The Canadian kids, and I want to say, went to Georgia. Uh, I may be incorrect there, but I believe I'm right. I mean, where's your star power? I love Russell. I love Russell Knox, right? Went to JU. Phenomenal guy. He's playing with Kevin Tway and Chesson Hadley on Thursday. I mean, where are the mobs going to be? Where are they going to be on this golf course? Are they going to be storming hole to hole to find these pairings, to, to find these groupings? I, I'm just I'm looking for something. Max, all right, Max Homa, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth. Bingo. I got one for you right there. Right ahead of them is another good pairing, or a grouping, excuse me. Uh, Kirk uh, Kitayama, Will Zalatoris, and Xander Shoffley, that's two in a row. A Matt Fitzpatrick, Victor Hovland, Shane Lowry. Okay. Three in a row. Chris Kirk, Seamus Power, Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley looks like a fish out of water, man. You're talking about a guy who just looks like he's permanently full of the yips. I don't know what his deal is. He looks like he's allergic to something, the way he kind of waggles and whatever it is that he's a part of. Sam Ryder, Davis Riley, Taylor Moore. Hmm. Alex Noren, Thomas Dietrich, Max McGreevy. I, I'm, I'm trying to sell it, and I'll always sell it. But as the great Burt Sugar once said, crying out loud, these guys aren't even household names in their own home. Who are they? 
and they're part of this year's Players' Championship. Oh, the other side will say, Belil, you're so wrong. 43 of the top 50 are here, including eight former champions. We're representing, what is it, 20 different countries? Best of luck to all of you young men. All right, we got a lot to do tonight. It is going to be very busy right here on this Tuesday. Last time I'm in the studio, tomorrow night at the Players, Thursday and Friday at the Players as well. So a lot of golf tonight as well, a ton around the National Football League. The best way to get a hold of us is on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. That number is 641-1010. Or you can get us on Twitter, B-A-L-L-O-U-1010-XL. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, those in town visiting, please do not make the Phillips Highway stroll. The sting has been in full effect. They've been getting the Johns, so that's the word. We want to keep you off the north side. Of Jacksonville. Although so for the good of the local economy and, you know, tourism, the yeah, cops should just, up. they should lay off this weekend. Lock them up. Oh, I'm saying the opposite. <laughs> Lock up the drunks. We don't want this to be Phoenix. We don't want this to be the Phoenix Open, uh, Waste Management Phoenix Open. Yes. I mean, people get all hyped up around 17, and, um, yeah, that's great. It really is. Uh 17's the trap, right? It's, you know, you go to a city, you got to go to a certain place, right? You go to Boston, where I'm from, is going to go to Faneuil Hall, right? You go to New York, you're going to go to Times Square, right? You go to Jacksonville, you're going to go, well, you take the Phillips Highway stroll. (laughs) That's what you do here in Jacksonville. No, but there are so many other great places, on this golf course. To me, I've always loved it over the par three third, and then you can turn around on that hill and watch them on the range. If that's, you know, if you're a mother and a father and you got a kid and a you know, young aspiring golfer, it's it's cool to watch them tee to green, but you're going to learn the most by watching them hit on the, on the practice range, on the driving range, which they totally redid. A, a couple of years ago. that That's beautiful uh, around there. Uh, w- one of my favorite uh, places to be on this golf course. Uh, 12's getting a lot of love. You know, they've redone some things there, and it's a drivable par four. Um, you know, honestly, I, I, I kind of miss the old the, the old 12th hole. I, I, I love that that hidden spot over those mounds to the left. You know, from the tee to the green, it's to the left. But anyway, that that's a an interesting area uh, to be as well. So there's a lot of great courses. But I understand that you wanna you wanna get there and you wanna get to uh, number 17. And there's plenty of room, no doubt. There's a lot of room, folks coming and going, and uh, many there for the party, others there to really enjoy um, some great golf. Uh, I just got this. Uh, this is um, hit to me on Twitter. It's uh, from Beat the Books, Las Vegas. 
says, Baloo, this is the deepest field on the PGA Tour schedule all year, 140-plus players, who, of course, will be 25, 40 guys on average person, has never heard of Baloo. Yeah, and they're going to talk tomorrow. They're going to be right out there on that front lawn. I want to say there's close to 30 first-timers playing in this year's Players Championship. I'm, I'm not trying to take away from the event. I'm just merely asking the question, okay? Do, do you miss the star power? It, it's it's not here. I'm I'm not saying that great golfers are not here. They are. The last year's champion is not here. Okay. The five. Let's look at it. The five champions before that are here: Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, Webb Simpson, uh, Siwoo Kim, Jason Day, and Ricky Fowler. Before that, Martin Keimer not here. Tiger Woods, not here. Matt Kuchar, is his exemption? Uh, he should be here anyway. I got to believe he absolutely, uh, Kuchar, uh, is here. I, I haven't looked at the official. I'm looking at some other pretty good uh, groupings. Yeah, Kuchar tees off 1245. Thank you. Um, you know, Colin Morikawa, Adam Scott, Ricky Fowler. Okay, absolutely. John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, or Rory McIlroy. Absolutely. Tony Finau, Tom Kim, Patrick Cantlay. Yeah. Siwoo Kim, Webb Simpson, Tyrell Hatton. Okay. There's 12. There's four good threesomes uh, right there. And, you know, after Cooch, KJ Choi, Tim Chark, Henrik Stenson, Sergio Garcia, Phil Mickelson, Stephen Ames, Fred Funk, they're all. They're all gone. Now, I'm, I'm going to 2005. That's, you know, that's nearly 20 years ago. That's 18 years ago. So, obviously, age for some of these guys uh, do come into effect. And, you know, maybe that's just sports as a whole. I begin tonight's show by every night we talk the NFL, and there's only four starting quarterbacks out of 32 teams in the NFL who've won a Super Bowl rank. I want to say this event has eight. I believe it's eight former players champions. I I love the event. I'm a little embarrassed that they allowed this to happen. Okay? And there was backpedaling today. There was backpedaling today by Rory McIlroy. There was backpedaling today by Jay Monahan. I just I just wish they saw it coming. How could they not see it coming? And now it feels like, you know, they have backtracked to the point where no cut tournaments. I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, but when I'm told you are making money regardless, one of the most evil thing, one of the most evil aspects of the PGA Tour was competition. And if you don't make the cut on Saturday, you're going home not only a loser, but your very small team. You, your caddy, if you're successful enough on tour to have a swing coach or a golf coach or, uh, you know, have you seen any of that stuff yet on Netflix? Uh, no, but, but but I've read plenty enough about guys who struggle on the tour and you know, whether you make the cut or not, you got to pay for your caddy. There's no doubt you do. And, well, the great ones, like, I saw I saw episode one, which was primarily on JT and Jordan, okay? Well, they're both incredibly successful. 
and they've got all you know they've got their own little camp personal trainers and you know chefs and you know their own pilots and and they just got everything but that's not the case if you're 200th on the money list or 250th on the money list so that's really been the evil side of golf is that you got to grind i mean there was a russell knox there was a point late in the calendar year of 2022 into the turn of 2023 where Russell Knox made 10 straight cuts. So what that means for him is that he's getting paid. But if you look at what he brought home every Sunday, it wasn't a huge amount of money. In a lot of cases, it was probably breaking even or, you know. You pay for your travel right. as well, you know, your, your room. hotels, your food. Your, your caddies travel, your caddies food, your right. caddies board, you know. So that's been the one side of golf that, that, that to me, I, I always really appreciate it is that, you know, these guys have to really get after it and work incredibly hard in order to earn a paycheck. If you start putting together now these events, which are going to come into play in 2024, no cut, okay? Where, where's the desire if – and. And the best example of this has been Pat Perez in the live, okay? Pat Perez is is shooting 70s, all right, 74s, 76s, and he can finish last in the live and know that he is gonna he's gonna get cut an enormous check. If you start putting together these these checks and and, and there are no cuts, are you really gonna try to go for it? On a Sunday, uh, are you going to lay up with your second shot on a par five as opposed to going for it if you think you could move up a couple of spots on the leaderboard because you're going to grab that much more money where now you're going to say, well, wait a minute, why don't I just kind of navigate my way, play conservatively and tap out with a par because I know if I stay where I'm at, then I'm still going to get myself a pretty decent check. I'm concerned about the fire and the desire of these PGA Tour players now that they're going to adopt that same rule. And it's just the the literal thing that they were making fun of the live about, you know, mm-hmm. saying how it's not a legit tournament because they don't have a cut and everyone gets paid, and they're just doing the exact same thing. Zero shame. The weight of failure has been eliminated. And that is one thing about this sport that has been so difficult to overcome for years. Making the cut, earning a paycheck. You win a Super Bowl, you make basically twice of what the runner-up makes. You never hear about it in a sport like that because it's a team sport. When you get into individual athletics, whether it's you know NASCAR, and I know that that's a team, but hopefully you understand what I'm getting at, boxing, tennis, whatever it may be, and and golf, there are certain parameters that you have to hit in order uh, to collect paychecks. And to me, this is so poor for the PGA Tour, who has been been around this long, that they're going to say, just show up to our event, and you automatically have a paycheck that is going to you. I, I disagree. Uh, just my opinion. As always, I will give you the opportunity to express your opinion. They're going to play for the 42nd time 
over at TPC at Sawgrass. The event has been around since 1974. All right, for those who have forgotten, uh, this event uh, has really been all over, including across the street. I want to say they played three times there. Let's see. All right. Um, year one was in Atlanta in 74, then a Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth in 75. Then they moved off to Lauder Hill at the Inverie Country Club in 76. And they went across the street. And if you've ever played across the street, it's 27 holes worth of golf. I was lucky enough to play in the Hate Invitational uh, probably a month or so ago. I absolutely love that golf course. And they did it there for five years, 1977 through 1981. And then, of course, all the construction and everything that went into building this golf course here across the street in Ponte Vedra from 1982 till the tournament gets underway on Thursday. There have been 41 players' championships there. And coming up this weekend, we will crown the 42nd championship. Any idea who's got the lowest score over four rounds ever at the players? Um, yes, wasn't it? Uh, oh, my God, you just said his name. He won probably like four years ago. <sighs> think live, man. Think think live. Oh. Uh, is it Cam? It's the great white shark. Oh, Norman. Greg Norman back in 1994. 24 under par for Greg Norman. Yep. At least Greg Norman's changing his name a little bit. Now he's like, he's vicious in so many eyes. When I always think of Greg Norman, I think of that white hair, and I think of him blowing the Masters. He blew it twice, uh, you know, including the time Nick Faldo uh, came from behind and and got it. I want to say as well, when Jack wanted 46 and 86, didn't, didn't he get through Greg Norman? In 1986, I want to say that that is the case as well. All right, when we come back, uh, more on this. Again, any opinion you have, whether you agree or disagree, uh, please let me know. This is disturbing to me. 11.38, Baloo, honestly, I don't care at all about TPC. The traffic just gets in the way. Really? It certainly does. Really? I mean, it's an inconvenience for you? This is like, this is like truly one of the major plums of this area. I mean, this is a staple right here in our backyard. Um, I understand A1A gets difficult. I, I got you there. You know, I, I make my way to Michaelers at least a couple of times a week. And, you know, I used to be able to cut back door there. You know, it's kind of like the back door screen. You know, you could slide through Nocatee and and not ha- have any concerns. But now everyone seems to be aware of that. Now, I- I've been doing this forever. I don't think I've ever heard anyone come out and complain like this that they could care less about TPC because of the traffic. I, I got to tell you right now, I-, I I think you are absolutely in the minority here. I, I Most wonder if people th- don't live there. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, yeah, it- I mean- if traffic <laughs> certainly doesn't bother me where I live. But um, uh, if you're actually going to the event, traffic sucks. And I would assume if you're living around there, you probably take that weekend and go somewhere else. Can't be any worse than going to a Jaguars game. 
right? I mean, it's, it's four days, though. There's only a couple ways in, a couple days out for a Jaguars game. But if you live there, no one lives downtown. So, well, plenty of homeless people do. But n- <laughs> no one actually resides downtown like they do in Ponte Vedra. So I can, I can see how some of the locals would be annoyed. But downtown, as you said, maybe people kind of struggling to put food on the table. All those folks in Ponte Vedra, they're so wealthy. <laughs> Certainly so, not I mean, struggling. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I still feel for him there. In a way, a little bit, aren't you just kind of like, yeah, 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 deal with it. <laughs> no, I, I respect <laughs> the rich because I hope to be one soon. Um, someone says, I live in the neighborhood as much as I love the TBC. The traffic sucks. Yeah, I could see that. But it's it's, it's got to be a problem. Four days out of your whole uh, 365 of being a millionaire. So Here's my advice. Get there early. If you're going out tomorrow, get there at 6 a.m. <laughs> All right, beat the traffic. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you got to do. I used to actually go uh, before I had to work in the afternoons. I would go on Thursdays and Fridays, like nine. Yeah, because you can always find a. Re- There's always one really good threesome early in the day. You follow them around. You can leave by like one and go home and watch the rest on TV, and you've had a pretty full day. Hmm. I'm really disturbed because it by used that. to be so hot in May. Like. Oh, yeah, I Too love it. Hot. I love it. Guys like me love it. We're sweat hogs. <laughs> we, we love that. Here's another disturbing text. 0976 says, Baloo, I prefer rompers to sundresses at the players. Fit, tan, young lady in a romper. Doesn't get any better than that. I, mm. All right. I call, I'm going to call. Are we on YouTube right now? We are. I'm calling it 20. Okay. Something Leonard Hamilton had trouble doing today, calling 20s. <laughs> hey, I want to touch on this very important subject. It'll be filled with some commentary and some opinion. It's next. Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, the money's gone up at the players. $25 million is the prize fund. The winner gets more than four. 7,189 yards, par 72. Stadium course, Sawgrass. Absolutely beautiful. To me, one of the great... Parts of this event, and one of the great beauties of this event, are ladies in a sundress. And I'm saying this with absolutely, totally all respect, okay? It's not like I wake up every morning and it's like, hey, you know, I can't wait to see someone in a sundress. No, that's never really been on my mind, except for this event. Now, don't get me wrong. I, you know, women look great no matter what it is that they're wearing. And, you know, I'm not a country music fan. I can't stand country music. I, my girlfriend, you know, she wants to go see Kenny Chesney or, oh, God, what about uh, Garth Brooks, some of those shows. I've done it. Okay. She's going to go to a Led Zeppelin cover band concert with me on Saturday night. The least I can do is take her to some good country shows. You know what I'm saying? I've noticed they don't have, like, cover Bands for dead country artists. <laughs> <laughs> hey, only one from the Zeppelin foursome is dead. 
and John Bottom. So who is actually still out of? Oh, this is a cover band, though. right? It's a cover. Band. Okay, but you know, you go to those country shows, and and you know, it, it to me, in a lot of it, it's like really sleazy. You know, it's like the high boots, cut off jeans with holes. Yes, shirts that are down. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it's sleazy. It's like it's like meet a girl. You take that type of girl out for a burger, okay? You see a girl at the players in a sundress, brother, that's a steak dinner. <laughs> nice Italian dinner. Okay? That's top Bottle of the line red. right there. I, I appreciate the elegance. I appreciate the class. There's a major difference. And, again, I outside of maybe – Born and raised as a as a Catholic and having Catholicism jammed down my throat as an Irish Catholic in Boston. And, yeah, you'd see some nice Sunday dresses. Outside of that, I don't think I've ever wished anything ever that had the word dress to it until I get to this event. So this guy's challenging me. He's saying I have no idea what I'm talking about. He says he prefers rompers. Now, I don't even know what to make of rompers. Don't guys wear rompers? Guys don't wear. Well, then again, guys do romp him. I, I almost. I was gonna. Almost, I was gonna romp. say that guys don't wear sundresses. I probably should not say that. That that that. Uh, yeah, men can have children now. <clears throat> um, yeah. What is there, it? There is rompers for men. What is it that is so uh, impressive? You're younger than me. Do the younger generation do they wear rompers? Girls do. But I, I don't. Well, I'm talking about girls here. Yeah, yeah. I, I think girls definitely wear rompers a lot more than they used to. I don't know if it's replaced the sundress at the players, though. That that's just like when you're in Rome, you know, you wear a sundress. Uh, I disagree with the listener just because I feel like I get more leg action, more higher thigh action with a dress as mm. opposed to a romper. Romper though. Will show off the rear a little bit more. Oh, so I think that's why a lot of girls nowadays might go with that, uh, because that's that's something that they like to show off a lot more nowadays than they did back in your day. Yeah, I missed out on all that. I was yeah. born too early uh, in life. Um, all right, M- maybe. And, and, and again, I'm 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 trying to separate what I think is is classy from sleazy. You can and- have a classy romper though. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You they make rompers now that like it's hard to even tell if it's a dress or a romper. Uh, but yeah, the, nobody out there is gonna be in something. Now it's not like an EDM show. You know, I don't know if you know what that is, but like uh, uh, house music shows that are all over the country, all over the state of Florida. Do you see what girls wear to those? Um, I'm getting guys now sending me photos of rompers, including okay. one of Cam Newton in a romper. <laughs> <laughs> that from the ninety sixty nine. See that Cam has always been very progressive with his outfits. To me, in this, in, to me, seeing a, a a beautiful lady in a sundress is like that's the type of lady you want to go take and introduce to your mom. That's the type of lady that you would consider getting married to. And there's not a lot of events, in my opinion. You know. I'm trying to think of what it is that I do. I play golf, I go to the beach, I go to concerts, and I go to sporting events. Okay? 
very rarely in any one of those, and again, I mean, I'm not talking about me specifically now because obviously I've been with the, the same lady forever, but I'm just talking throughout my life. Um, this is the only one that is really ever, even the Masters, when I've been to the Masters, it, it cannot compete to the outfits, and it's a classy it's a classy group. You know, you and well, I were Yeah, t- the Masters, they don't even let women into the Masters. <laughs> <laughs> that was not Baloo. That was uh, Only Nacelba. making a joke about their past uh, policies. Right. But you and I were talking, I think it was off air, about the Phoenix Open and, and how it's a frat party. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I've always, I've always like, I've talked to Greg Huntington about it, and I'm like, you know, we need to go at least once to a Phoenix Open. I want to see what that's like. And... Again, I think it would be like almost going to like a college football game. I think it would have that atmosphere of, 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 uh, uh, of craziness, and I would expect to see girls in, in, in jean shorts and cut-off tops yes. where if you wear that here at the players, you're going to stick out, and you're going to stick out in the wrong reason. I, I think – People will judge you. Right. The people here, it's about dressing this way. And, you know, like – Sexy, classy. When I work with Jessica Blaylock, and Amanda Borges to some extent, but particularly Blaylock every year. She'd be, you know, we would liter- literally, she'd be like, Blue, wait, do you see my sundress selection for this week? She would have spent weeks, if not months, knowing what she was actually going to wear all week at the players. That's how important it really is to ladies. Meanwhile, I have a 10-10 polo I'm going to wear. And I'm going to look fresh as hell. <clears throat> oh, anyway, good stuff there. I don't know. I, I just... Uh, now, I'm getting a lot of photos. Now, this photo of... Now, wait a minute. Now, this romper... I wasn't aware of this. Well, oh, I love this new intranet. You can enlarge <laughs> photos. Now, this almost... Okay. I guess I had a different perception of a romper. Uh, because this almost looks like a sundress. That's what I'm saying. They they make them now where they're very short. Okay. And for women, it's safer to wear a romper. You know, when you're constantly sitting down, getting up at a golf course, you might be sitting in the grass. You know, whatever. It that's a very dangerous game with a dress on. Um, well, they this- used to play games about that in the left field line over with the Jacksonville Suns. Okay, back in the day when Pedro owned it. The exact same thing you're talking about. They they were betting beers on stuff. Believe me, I know. Okay, so that they don't want you giving away that that information right now. They're like, Baloo, bottle up the young man. That's <laughs> yeah, part of our we game. We do have that uh, left field corner over there <laughs> with the seating on the grass. My, someone says, my daughter passed by while I was listening. She said, hard to pee a lot if you're drinking in a romper. Oh, and peeing is a concern. Oh, yeah. And if you're not peeing, that's even more of a concern. <laughs> you know why? It means you're dehydrated. <laughs> well, I was about to say you need to see a doctor. No. Yeah. I mean, you want, I mean, that, yeah, listen. I mean, I hope it's hot out there. I hope it's like it was today, the rest of the week. You gave me the report a week ago. It's supposed to be really cold. Has it changed? So Thursday, high of 74, low of 62. So that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday, unfortunately, it looks like there will be some showers uh, and a high of 81, low of 55. 
Saturday, all sun, high of 75, low of 54. And Sunday looks like pretty much all sun, 80 and 66. So perfect, except for Friday. Because I was getting texts last week said, oh, my God, Baloo, it's going to be awful. And I'm like, well, wait a minute now. You know, we're talking about something that's 10 days out. Yeah, anything could happen. Let's give it a little bit of time here. So, all right. Uh, listen, once again, the listeners have totally educated me. <laughs> yeah, appreciate the pictures, folks. Yeah, thank you for the images. I don't need one of Cam Newton, but I appreciate <laughs> all of these that I'm receiving. And this is why I lean on you because, you know, Baloo's an old dog. You can't treat, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. You're wrong. That's why I ask. Now, I have a tor- See, if I had seen this photo, the one I have right now, in my mind, it's saying sundress. You're telling me now that it's romper. So I, what I've got to do now, and I, I'm going to start tomorrow, JJ, I'll have a full report. I'm going to have a romper preview, or a, actually a romper review. Can't be a preview. It's, it's going to be a romper your, your, review. Send me some of your best research. Oh, I can't do that. that that's <laughs> creeper stuff, right? I mean, that's oh, creeper mean stuff. At the tournament. Yes. Okay, I forgot you're actually going to be there tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. I was thinking just at home on your own. I'm going to be there the next five days. Gallivanting through the uh, World Wide Web. No doubt about it. All right, good stuff. Thank you for those who did participate. Yeah, please don't sneak any pictures of sundresses while you're out there. Please, people. <laughs> All right, folks, uh, let's get ready for our second hour. We got more on the players, but I, I, I do want to get to – uh, the NFL, I, I know I teased the Todd McShay pick about 20 minutes ago, and I didn't get to it. I hate when I do that to you, but every once in a while, I do get sidetracked by sundresses and rompers, and you never know where it's going to take me. We begin the 9 o'clock hour with Todd McShay and his latest pick. Hey, hey, Mama said the way you move going make you sweat, going make you groove. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. I was listening during vacation to uh, Classic Rock's Top 1000 Songs of All Time. This was number one. Stairway to Heaven was number two. It was filled with Led Zeppelin, as you would expect. Uh, Led Zeppelin cover band coming into town Saturday night. Saturday night's busy. Some good shows this week. Little River Band. uh, Lords of 52nd Street. Three original members of the Billy Joel. I uh, spoke with one of them about a week ago. And uh, the Eagles. I don't know, man. I just And the Celtic Heritage Fest. Yes. I, I just I don't know if I can do the Eagles with Vince Gill. I just um, as a matter of fact, I know I'm not. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go see the Zeppelin cover. See, there's a totally different appreciation because what you do is you drink beer all day at TPC, you drink Miller Lite all day, and then you go and you pretend it's Led Zeppelin, and you just kind of close your eyes and drift away, and it's a good time. I don't know if I can do that with Vince Gill. Even though Don Henley sings most of the songs. You know what I mean? I was never an Eagles guy regardless who was singing. The best of my love. Some of it, it really is ranky. I have the same opinion of the Eagles as uh, the Big Lebowski does. <laughs> The best of my love. I mean, that is so corny. I, lo- I Listen, I love the Eagles. But some of that, I mean, it's like the guy wrote it. I mean, it's like uh, Henley and uh, Glenn Fry. you know, wrote that on the hopper. 
Yeah, it's like Paul McCartney's silly love songs. Oh, we're going to write a song here. It's called Best of My Love. I give you the best of my love. Really bad music, but the Eagles outside of that are, are absolutely phenomenal. All right. Now, what do you got going on with the, with the Celtic? And where I'm from, we call it Celtic. Celtics. <laughs> So we'll call it Celtics. What do you got with Celtic? I have a pair of general admission tickets to the Celtic (laughs) Music and Heritage Festival. That is this weekend, March 11th in St. Augustine. A pair of tickets. I mean, is there anything better than St. Augustine? It's just absolutely magnificent. And I don't understand if there's any rivalry at all between Jacksonville and St. Augustine. It's not. I mean, it's come on. This is the largest city in America. It takes forever to get anywhere. You might as well just add Amelia Island and, and St. Augustine to it. Hell, while we're at it, let's throw in Palm Coast. Love it out there as well. How are we going to give away these tickets? How do you want to give away these tickets? Uh, name, uh, be the first caller to name a professional sports franchise <laughs> that is similar. Perfect. To I'll Celtic. Right on that. We didn't have to four one ten ten. Yeah, we didn't have to put them on the air. JJ, I trust that you're going to be able to handle this off air. Just let me know when they select the Chicago Bulls, and then I can tell the people to stop calling. <laughs> Look at these. Look at these lines. Now you will find not a sundress at the Celtic Fest, but you will definitely see some. Uh, damn it! What do you call those kilts? Oh yeah, Irish kilts. Next week since Pat is St. Patrick's Day on a Friday. Let me see this real quick. Are you kidding That's me? That's dangerous. Are you kidding me? Friday night at six on the sixteenth with in the NCAA tournament. I know I'm at Mr. Chubby's on Thursday, and then Friday I I think I'm out at the um, that uh, that pool hall. That I I know we we did a lot of the post game shows out of. Let me see it. I got an email today from the from the GM. Perfect rack. <laughs> a St. Patrick's Day evening into the night live at Perfect Rack. Oh, I mean, you folks better come out on that side of the city. That's gonna be a party. Right there. Of course, right before it is, uh, the show is live from Top Dog Tavern, which is literally a Baloo driver in Three Wood from where I live in Bartram. But I'll make that pilgrimage. I'll go across that full of Warren, and I'll be happy as a pig, and you know what, to broadcast live from the perfect rack. So that's next week, Thursday and Friday, Mr. Chubby's. Uh, I assume Mr. Chubby's will be in Ponte Vedra. And uh, and then beginning tomorrow night, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, live from the Players' Championship. All right, busy day in sports. If you did not hear, six official tags came in before the 4 p.m. deadline. Evan Ingram, as we discussed yesterday, one year, um, $11,345,000. Also tagged today, a couple of backs, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard. Pollard was actually tagged uh Yesterday, same deal with Josh Jacobs. Running backs aren't even getting 10.1. They're getting 10.09, okay? It's, it, it, it's amazing how disrespectful running backs are in the NFL. 
The commanders gave Darren Payne $18,930,000 to play defensive tackle. And the big move today, Lamar Jackson, he got the franchise tag, but he got the non-exclusive franchise tag. So it is worth $32,400,000, and other teams can work out a a contract extension for him. Of course, teams must agree upon as well what the actual trade would be. And some people now are screaming collusion in the NFL. It is remarkable. I honestly cannot remember any time I've ever seen anything like this with a football-only related issue. I, I certainly did see this with Colin Kaepernick, or it was being, it was being yelled upon with Colin Kaepernick, um, but not like what we're seeing here with Lamar Jackson. All right, let's get to Todd McShay. McShay put together now his, his post-combine draft. And he's got a ton of wheeling and dealing. I'll get there in a little bit, but I want to go straight to 24 here for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, and let me tell you this. I love it. I absolutely love the pick. All right? I don't know, I don't know a ton about him. I'm going to learn here about offensive linemen in the next several weeks. But Darnell Wright out of Tennessee – uh, what McShay says, if the Jaguars let Juwan Taylor leave in free agency, and I, I think you'd agree with me, they're really going to have to shuffle the deck here. They're going to have to make some surprise moves by next Wednesday when the league year begins on March 15th in order to fit Juwan Taylor back in. Now, there's ways to do it. You could give Evan Ingram a long-term deal. You have until July to do that. You could maybe cut a Jamal Agnew, maybe restructure a Rayshon Jenkins, uh, are there other, could you solve the Josh Allen puzzle? Could you do that by next Wednesday? I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud here. These are a couple of, of possibilities. And again, I think if you look back a year ago, I never saw Miles Jack be, being jettisoned. Is, is there a guy in this roster who could be moved? I, I kind of feel like there's not, but, you know, it does make you wonder. Back to McShay's comments on uh, Darnell Wright, okay? He would be the replacement at right tackle opposite Cam Robinson. He plays with great balance and is outstanding as a run blocker, 6'5", 333 pounds. He ran a 5.01 in the 40, so he showed his quicks. I liked what I saw at the Senior Bowl, too. Wright would help keep quarterback Trevor Lawrence upright and open up the seams for running back Travis Etienne Jr. as the Jaguars continue to emerge as a player in the AFC. He allowed just one sack in 2022. Again, I'm not going to lie to you, the listeners. I know much more about Osiris Torrance, the one-year transfer who played guard this year for Florida, and he has been rumored to come here to Jacksonville as a left tackle this thing here with Darnell Wright would be a, a right tackle. Yeah, Torrance would be the left guard here if if selected. I love this, JJ. I love everything about the offensive line. Okay, I, I think right now you can make the case that with Ben Barch and Tyler Shatley, you can survive at left guard. You've obviously got a second-year man at center. 
Uh, you got a guy coming back from not a serious injury, but still, it was a surgery for Cam Robinson. Brandon Sheriff redid his deal. Hopefully, he's healthier at right guard. You know, can Walker Little win that right tackle position? You could probably go with those five, but what about drafting a guy like this? Worst case scenario, he's a swing tackle. Best case scenario, he comes in and lights it up right out of the gate where you say, damn, here's my offensive right tackle for the next five years here in Jacksonville. Never heard of him. Never seen him play. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to act like I'm going to break down an offensive lineman from the draft. All right, but position-wise, I love it. And, you know, I there are two question marks right now, left guard and right tackle. Everything I just said, you, you can take the worst case of that and say, well, you know, Shatley's a backup for a reason. And Barch – you know, got stronger, but he got injured early. And is he the future? Um, what the way that they restructured that Cam Robinson deal? It would cost them what twenty two million to move him this year. Actually, it would be twenty six million. As I say all the time, for those of you who do not know, the way that Trent Bulky wrote this contract extension for Cam Robinson. Let's say Cam comes back this year and does not play well. Let's say he gets injured. All right. What if that's the case? And I hate it. I don't want to wish an injury on anyone. So right is your right tackle, and you move Walker Little back to left tackle, or he played well. And Cam Robinson, it's just like, listen, it's not going to work. The guy gets injured. He's overpaid. Well, next year at this time, you can flat out cut Cam Robinson. You have to eat $5 million, but you are able to pull back $17 million $750, which you're going to need in order to get the Trevor Lawrence deal done and several of these other players. Jacksonville is all of a sudden getting themselves into a situation where they are going to have to re-sign their players, something that this organization has not had a problem with in years. I mean, it's amazing. How many guys in this team are in second or third year contracts? Cam Robinson, Dewan Smoot. Tyler Shatley? Did I forget anyone? I mean, is that it? It may be, right? I mean, second contracts, third contracts? Look at that defense. They're all new. Wide receivers? Nope. Tight ends? Nope. Running backs? Nope. I mean, that's three off the top of my head. I, I, I may be missing someone that... That's amazing. Look at the future of this team when all of a sudden you're looking at, well, you got to get Tyson Campbell re-signed. You're going to have to get Travis Etienne re-signed. And, and, and don't laugh. By the time his contract's up, his days as a running back could be over, the way that this league treats running back. Again, look at the franchise tags that came in today. $10.1 million for these guys. There's no worth. Uh, for running backs. Cisco's going to be up. Devon Hamilton is going to be up. Josh Allen is going to be up. Um, it, it's just player after player after player. They're going to have to decide what are they going to do. So this is a pleasant problem that the Jaguars do have. I love it. I love the fact that they are going offensive line. And I, I'm going to you know read some of your feedback here. And I, 
I have a feeling I know where you're going. You're going to tell me defense, 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 defense. And I'm going to say no, 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 and no. Because you have your franchise man. You have right now one of the best offensive skill position players in the NFL. Top five. You've got it. You need the best offensive line that you can possibly put together. I felt they made a mistake re-signing Cam Robinson. I'm glad they're not going to make the same mistake by re-signing Juwan Taylor. I I want better. I want dominant bookend tackles, okay? I want Walker Little to get an opportunity, and I would like them to draft. Worst-case scenario, if this guy, Darnell Wright, becomes a swing tackle guy this year to learn, fine with that. The other reason, and I'm going to say this every single day until the season begins, the biggest thing that needs to be addressed on defense is already in-house, and that is improvement with players that they have drafted. Cisco had a very good year, too. What an abomination that Urban Meyer did not play Andre Cisco. What an abomination that Urban Meyer thought he played Andre Cisco, but didn't. Can you imagine Tom Coughlin, Jack Del Rio, Gus Bradley? Can you imagine not knowing who played on your team? I mean, that's what Urban Meyer did. Cisco did some really good things a year ago, but he's nowhere near where I, I believe he can get. And I think you'd agree with that, right? Listeners, you agree with that, JJ? Where were you on Andre Cisco? Uh, below average. Okay. I think he probably stays there. Campbell improved. Yes. Cisco has to improve. You're down on Walker. Okay. Thanks. You're down on Walker. I'm not as that. Hey, for the record, I wouldn't have selected him number one. I know that. I wouldn't. I would have gone Icky. with the best offensive line, whether it was Zicky or Evan Neal. I Again, I'm never going to. Go back and try to fool you and say, well, oh, yeah, you know, I love this all on. No, I wouldn't have. Which anyone outside of Jacksonville knows that this pick was terrible. I mean, like, you see redrafts from last year, and the guy's in, like, the 20s. 30s. Oh, it's unbelievable where he is. Yeah. Okay. But still, my. my Both first round picks, terrible. Yep. My, my hope is that they improve. Yes. That's. Obviously. That's what you need. You need Devin Lloyd, Chad Muma. And Trayvon Walker and Andre Cisco, year three for Cisco, year two for the other three players. You need those four to improve. They, they, they were drafted high for a reason. So if you can get that to happen, then your defense is that much better, okay? But I'm going offense, and I'm going offensive line. All right, so let's get some of your thoughts on that. 641-1010, that is the best way to get us on the text line. Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. You can also get me on Twitter. That is Baloo1010XL. Into the Night with Rick Baloo on 1010XL 92.5 FM. I mean, it sounds like his dog just got run over. Love the Eagles, but this one is just, this was like, I don't know. I forget what happens in the big 
Oh, Lebowski. I know that uh, doesn't Bridges hammer him to like a cab driver or something? Well, he gets his car stolen, and I guess they oh no, they leave his credence tapes, but they take everything else. But then he finds like a, a report, a book report from like some high school kid in the back seat. Goes to his house. And smashes up the car out in front of the house, but it's actually the neighbor's car. And yeah, those going to the Eagles on Saturday night. This song right here would be defined as this: <laughs> the beer song. Go to the restroom and grab two beers. Go back to your seat. <laughs> All right. I'm oh, a this huge... is a pull your baby close song. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's got that twang to it. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm at a country show right now. I don't want when I look at the use. I don't want to be at a country music show. They have a few like that. And these guys learned upstairs with uh, with Jackson Brown and Linda Ronstadt. How the hell did they come up with these lyrics? Really, uh, every band's got a couple. Every band's got a few that are uh, that are just terrible. Um. Boy, McShay, man, he's in the move. This year's draft, it's going to be wild. It's going to be odd. I mean, the last two years down at the stadium, you know, in in uh, anticipation of the top pick and everything. I, I, are they even going to have a party down there? I mean, pick number 24, that's not going to happen until... 11. Yeah, it's going to be very, very late at night. I don't know if Frank's going to be able to do the whole show. A nap? Maybe start halfway through the first round. Oh, Okay. And let, you know, they're not going to trade up. I'm looking at this 8666 and I'm getting all these messages. Some people like, hey, man, welcome back from vacation. Yeah, obviously you haven't been listening for a couple weeks. <laughs> this guy, he goes, honestly, midday is best, 830 to 10. It stinks the rest of the time. <laughs> I thought the guy was ripping us at our show. And all of a sudden, he's telling me about traffic in Ponte Vedra. Oh, like, that's yeah, hilarious. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, when I get those type of emails I'm all, or texts, I, I, I love, believe, believe it or not, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's overall insecurity or just that I'm a smartass at times. But I will read a negative text. Six <laughs> is, to eight, the worst. Trash. These guys had 830 to 10, so they got the final 90 minutes of, of uh, Prosser and Hick and everything else sucks. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, you're talking about traffic. That's great. It really is. I'm so, I'm so amused by these viral listeners, man. It's just amazing uh, to me. Uh, McShay, he is all over the place, okay? Uh, you know, I'm not going to go down the whole list because it, so many things are going to change, but it, it's just uh, it, it, it's, it's great uh, for me that we have done – so many shows, and we haven't touched on the NFL draft yet. It, it's it's just amazing to me that there have been so many things that are that are happening in the world of sports. They haven't been able to get there. I got this on the day. I have to pull up the app, the Insider. Uh, passwords suck. If I could change one thing in life, it would be passwords. I don't like that I always have to keep putting in the password for the same app that I use all the time. It's like, why after three days do I have to constantly – Keep putting it in. Listen, I never check. It's the same phone. I never check my uh, portfolio until I get home after work, except for Tuesday because I get pushed back a little bit. Oh, that'll drive a man crazy. Yeah, why not? Well, I like to be driven crazy. Well, today's market, you know, 
Exactly. Uh, I guess after they released those tapes last night, today's market just said, you know what? Which, so, by the way, I love was, that. I was, I was ready to go, you know, I was just like, and all of a sudden it's like, now nah, we need to send us your text. We need to send you a code. We need to change. I'm like, man, I just want to find out how much money I lost today. <laughs> Why do I have to give you codes and passwords? You just let me know what the market did. I mean, it lost like 600 points. It's unbelievable. And no matter what it is that you do. All right. So McShay. Yeah. Has, for those of you wondering, it, McShay's mocks are behind a paywall. That's yeah, they're behind a paywall. But I'm going to give it to you for free because I love you people. Okay. This comes out of my pocket. And I took the staple out of the wallet to get ESPN Insider like a decade ago. And I find it valuable. Okay. I do. He pro- uh, projects a, tr- uh, a trade Colts uh, with the Bears and they get Bryce Young. All ten, uh, all what, uh, five foot ten and, a, and an eighth, two hundred and four pounds. Number two, Houston, C.J. Stroud. So the Jaguars are going to be in the AFC South with either Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis in Tennessee, Bryce Young as a rookie in Indianapolis. And C.J. Stroud as a rookie in Houston, Davis Mills, obviously there. I love it. I love the fact. I hope that this happens and they go one and two to the AFC side. (laughs) I really do. Yeah, that that. But like, it's fun now to think about how soft that schedule is for the Jags, especially in the division. But in the years to come, though. Those guys might potentially be really good. Absolutely. Do they you could. want them in the division knowing that they might be extremely good? Or do you want to continue to see the Colts do the whole, hey, let's bring in a geriatric for a year, you know, as they've been doing the last five years? Uh, I I disagree. I, I, I if, if I was a Jags fan, I would definitely not want to see Bryce Young taken in this division, but it seems like it's going to happen. Last year's first round picks. <clears throat> All right. I mean, this is what's great about it is you can look back historically. There have been as many failures as there have been success stories. Look at Trevor Lawrence's draft. Trevor went one. He's going to be a star. I mean, this city one day is going to be called (laughs) Trevorville. It's unbelievable. Okay. Zach Wilson went number two. Okay. They've already given up on him in New York. Trey Lance, number three. What do we make of Trey Lance? Can't stay healthy. Justin Fields is probably the biggest wild card. They're, half the people in Chicago say trade him. Well, Todd McShay just told us, uh-uh, they're going to trade the pick and, you know, give it up to Indianapolis. I, I, I think I'm leaning more towards Fields making it, but we'll see. Uh, Kyle Trask. He was selected in the second round. He was the 64th pick in the draft. He's yet to do anything in a couple of years there because of Tom Brady. Kellen Mond, Davis Mills. Mills, plenty of experience. Ian Book and Sam Ellinger. Okay? Actually, I want to keep it at first-round picks. Um, Look at the 2019 draft. Kyler Murray won. Daniel Jones signed an $82 million paycheck today. $82 $82 million signing bonus. The guy threw 15 touchdowns last year in New York. 
Four years, $160 million. And and they're in bed with him for at least three of those years. Do you have a – is there like an opinion on a quarterback that differs so much from what the team and the rest of the league think of him? Like, to me, that's, that's got to be number – that's a top fiver for me. Like, I, I don't see it at all. But apparently there was more than one team clamoring for the guy. I'm trying to think if there's a guy recently – maybe Jared Goff, but he got better in Detroit. Everybody gave up on Goff. Uh-huh. Collectively. Seems like everyone's given up on Garoppolo. Yeah. That's another guy. Can't stay healthy. First round picks of 2019. Murray. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if you're a general, I'm going to give that a passing grade. And obviously, he's getting paid like it. He's making $45 million a year. If you're starting a franchise, do you think you can win a Super Bowl with Kyler Murray? I don't. Daniel Jones. I don't. Dwayne Haskins, obviously, unfortunately, uh, passed uh, from that particular draft. Uh, let's look at, uh, they do this in a weird order. I don't know what the heck they're doing. Why can't people just keep it simple? All right, let's go to the 2021. This may be the exception to the rule. Joe Burrow, number one, Tua, number five, Justin Herbert, number six, Oof. Jordan Love, number 26, and Jalen Hurts went believe it or not, 53rd. What a draft. Okay. So, Burrow, yes. Herbert, yes. Hurts, yes. No doubt. We'll find out, I believe, this year, finally about Jordan Love. It's looking more and more like Aaron Rodgers is going to go and play for the New York Jets. (laughs) And Tua, I just don't even know what to make of him because of his unfortunate problem that he does have uh, with concussions. Look at this one, J.J., from 2018. Baker Mayfield, number one. Okay. Sam Darnold, number three. Josh Allen, number seven. There's a hit. Josh Rosen, number 10. And Lamar Jackson, the final pick of the first round, in number 32. So the point I'm, the point I'm trying to make is Stroud going two to Houston, and if they do make that trade, and Bryce Young going number one to Indianapolis, okay, that one year with Herbert Burrow, Tua, and Jalen, yes. But outside of that, most of these quarterbacks, you may get one a class. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's what history tells us. I just like this class of quarterback a lot. Way better than last year for sure. Um and that 2018 class, I didn't really know anything about Josh Allen, and I think a lot of people were scared of that. You know, he he was like a pro, he was like the Anthony Richardson of that year's class. Um, but yeah, I, I I think Stroud's gonna be decent. I just I I really love Bryce Young. I think this guy's gonna be good in the NFL. Before we head to the break, this article I just pulled up was actually written in 2017, March of 2017. Okay. Uh, 2016 draft. Number one pick, Jared Goff. Still a decent quarterback. Okay. Number two pick, Carson Wentz. 2015 draft. Top pick, Jameis Winston. Number two, Marcus Mariota. 2014 draft. Third overall, Blake Bortles. 22nd overall, Johnny Manziel. Uh, 2013 draft, uh, EJ Manuel. Six, 16th overall out of the league. 
you go back to 2012, Andrew Luck, one, RG3, two, Ryan Tannehill. They totally gave up on him in Miami after being the eighth pick. And obviously, he, he did well for a time being, but has a huge salary cap figure. It's what, $38.6 million? Yeah. Um, Fifth in, in, biggest in the whole league. And what it can do to a franchise. You know, you miss on you miss on Byron Leftwich, you miss on Blaine Gabbert. Uh, can you say you missed on Blake Bortles? Yes. I, see, I always thought he was drafted higher than he should have gone. Of course. And, and I don't fault him for that. He did get this team to an AFC Championship game. I think the mistake was obviously the second the contract. extension. Absolutely. And it was like. Yeah, we just got to the playoffs. You sort of got to bring the quarterback back, but you don't. Everybody was telling you you didn't have to do that. They did. Yep. Next thing you know, you're signing Nick Foles for like a billion dollars. Let's wrap it up with some of your stuff on this. Six four one ten ten. Also have a couple of nuggets uh, that I want to share with you as well. From Jay Monahan and the players as we get ready for the final practice round on Wednesday. Of course, coverage begins uh, Thursday morning, wow, 6.50, they will tee off 144 golfers trying to win the Players' Championship. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Sundress or a romper for the Wilson sisters? Let's go circa mid-70s, not present day. Bell-bottoms. I think the best thing Jay Monahan did today, and it makes a lot of sense, and I give him credit because he's listening, um, I guess more television coverage, less commercials. I understand it's a business. They have to make money. But also more live golf shots. That has been a major complaint with every network. I mean, listen. We all love Amanda Balionis, right? But we don't need to see her ask question after question after question, uh, you know, to Alex Noren, who had a 69 today to close, you know, for a ninth place. But you can have her talking, but show the shots While on the golf talking. course. You know, my least favorite is, Hey, let's bring in the CEO of uh, of General Electric, right? And have him talk to us for the next ten minutes. It's like God, I hate that about golf on TV. Man. And I get it because they spend a ton of money, and you have to um, you, schmooze. You, yeah, you have to schmooze corporate. I but why not? In the midst of that, show say golf. Justin Thomas. You know, his second on 16, you know, looks like he's 185 yards out. And why this guy is telling us why General Electric is so great (laughs) for us in America, you can actually show the shot. I would love that. But this is golf fans. It's just Nance and him. Right. Golf fans have complained about this for a very long period of time. And Jamon, I thought it was the best part of his press conference today, addressing this and admitting that he's listened to the complaints and they're doing whatever they can 
to improve with that. Because here's the problem with not showing live golf shots is that whenever you see a guy line up for a shot, you know something, you know he's going to make it. Mm-hmm. Because they're not live. They're in the can and they just go through like six can shots in a row. And it's like you, you really only know that the shot is live when it's on a Sunday and they're like following the same group and it's the leaders and they're taking a lot of time. Like then you you know that you might get a good shot, you might get a bad shot. But when they're just uh, the worst is on a, a par three and they go to a guy who's like plus nine. On a Friday afternoon, it's like you know he's about to hold this. You know he's about <laughs> yeah. to make this. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's no reason for them to show this. Guy. Right, right. Joseph Bramlett. He. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's go to uh. Mullinax yes. here. Yeah. Plus eight. Um. Yeah, I was losing. I was listening to some PGA Tour radio today, just trying to get every little nugget I can uh, before the event. And these guys are like, yeah, you know, uh, it's uh, called no layup, I believe. Yeah. Uh, one of the kids, he, he, one of the guys, a good guy, lives here and uh, he, he lives here out at the beach, Atlantic Beach. I'm going to get him in studio. He said he would come in uh, one night. Obviously, he's very busy now. But so, yeah, those guys, man, somehow they got like this uh, satellite, this satellite, that. And they, they get everything like 45 seconds before we do. Why do they have to post that stuff? And I'm sitting there driving around saying, why not just watch the event? Why are you oh, looking you at your, your phone, at, at your phone yes. the entire time? It's 45 seconds, bro. So annoying. Just wa- watch the event on TV. No one actually I'm I'm convinced that most sports media personalities don't watch sports. Like I'm convinced they just regurgitate everything they've seen on Twitter. There has been a time, I don't know if it was an away Jags game this year or it might have been like a Florida State game. But I realized that I was like two minutes behind live coverage. I must have hit pause or something. <laughs> yeah, forget it. I do that. And I like tweeted out like that was a <laughs> That was like a great first. Great throw by Trevor there. Yeah, like, and, and all of a sudden it's like. That was a pick six. All of a sudden I look up, it's like, wow, look at all these people responding to me. They, they might, like, you moron. That You know, where have you been? That happened 10 minutes ago. Uh, my, right. my, real quickly, my least favorite thing that sports media people do on Twitter is like, okay, Trevor will throw a touchdown. We don't need every single person who covers the Jags to tweet. Touchdown, Trevor to Chark, or whatever. Like, okay. Any Jags fans watching, they know that. Sorry. Betting tip of the night. The last 15 players' champions have gone early, late. Early tea time on Thursday. Late tea time on Friday. So 15 in a row? 13 out of 15. 13 out of 15. That's a major major trend that's free for you jack nicholas won the first ever players back in 1974 it was in atlanta his purse 50k <laughs> okay fifty thousand dollars um it finally got to one million dollars in the year 2000 Thank hal God sutton hal sutton won a mi- just over a million okay last year cameron smith won $3.6 million. This year, first place, $25 million at stake. The winner gets $4.5 million. Second place gets $2.725 million. Third place, uh, uh, $1,725,000. Fourth place, $1,225. Fifth place, um, just over a million, a million twenty-five. So the top five golfers all make a million plus. Coming in at sixth place, 
you make $906,000. Big money. 144 guys will try to make it. What, it will be the top, I believe, 66 in ties. That is my belief. I will certainly double-check that by the time we get on the air tomorrow. We're going to be live from the golf. We're going to be live from the players the rest of the week. Tomorrow night, 6 to 8. The Boston Capper is going to join me among our guests to give us his uh, his picks. JJ and I are going to make our picks. Not only is the Boston Capper going to make picks, he's going to tell us his bets. Okay. And we're going to ask him sundress or romper. Yes. Oh, we're absolutely going to do that uh, w- with the Boston Capper. Among everything we have scheduled, we'll do a bit of Jaguars tomorrow night as well with our good friend John Osher. But obviously, uh, just about all of the program is going to be on the players championship so i do not check the text line now that the show is over if you want to get a hold of me please do so on twitter that is blue 1010 xl hackers coming up next for jj i'm rick blue we'll talk tomorrow at six o'clock